The tenth parak goes through many different cases of taruvas, of mixtures of truma and chulin, and differences between cooked truma or chulin, or raw truma and chulin. And the first case in Mishnah Aleph concerns botzol shenasolim seichadoshim, an onion which somebody placed inside cooked lentils. Once lentils have been cooked, they are much less moist. They've been dried out, and because of that, they give off less less of their taste, and they also absorb less of something else's taste. In this case, the onion's taste. And the case which we're talking about is where the onion was trimmer, and it fell into chulin lentils. Or it could be the other way around, that the onion was chulin, and it fell into lentils which was trimmer. Msholem, if the onion was whole, and none of it was cut, none of it was peeled, then mutter, the chulin remains permitted, and so it would depend on the case which one was the chulin, but the chulin would re- remain chulin and the trimmer would remain trimmer. Because when cooked lentils are mixed with a whole onion, neither the onion nor the lentils absorb from each other. So the chulin has not absorbed the taste of the trimmer. The onion tastes exactly the same, or the lentils taste exactly the same. And as such, the chulin can still be eaten by a non-kohen. However, in chitrei, if he cut up the onion before putting it in, then there is a possibility that the onion absorbed the taste of the lentils, or if the lentils was chulin, that the lentils absorbed taste from the onions, and therefore b'nei tam, if it did absorb the taste, then the chulin would be forbidden for an onkoin. The chulin would be, have the status of truma, just like a maduma. Now, how exactly would they determine whether it, the chulin absorbed the taste of the truma? The answer is, they would ask a kohen to taste the chulin. The kohen's allowed to eat truma and chulin, so he tastes the chulin, and if the chulin has the taste of the trimmer, whichever that would be, either the lentils or the onion, then he would tell them, and therefore they would have to treat the chulin as a maduma as trimmer. Continues the Mishnah, but with regards to all other cooked dishes, apart from an onion, that's how we're going to understand it, whether it's a whole cooked dish, or it's been cut up, you have to check whether the taste was given over meaning that it's only with regards to a whole onion that it wouldn't absorb or give over any taste. But any other cooked dish in lentils would give off or absorb a taste, and therefore that needs to be checked, and the chulin will possibly become like a maduma. Now Rabbi Yehuda matter batzachana. Rabbi Yehuda permits a case where the onion was put into tzachana, which is a sort of mixture of small fish and fish brine, fish juice, and unsurprisingly that has a very foul smell. And so it was quite common to put onions in there in order to remove part of that foul smell, or to reduce it. Now when that onion is put in, and the case which we're discussing is where the onion is a truma onion, and this fish solution is chulin. And as well as that, it's important that the onion is a whole onion. So like we saw at the beginning of the Mishnah, a whole onion does not give off a taste to that which it's mixed into. And because of that, Rabbi Yehuda says that the chulin fish solution remains chulin, and therefore it remains permitted for a czar, for a non-kohen, because the onion is only placed in there to remove the foul smell, but it does not give over its taste, and therefore the fish juice, the fish brine, the fish solution will remain permitted. Mishnah base, another case where truma is mixed in with chulin, and we're going to see that even though the truma does not give off any of its taste to the chulin, nevertheless the chulin still becomes p- forbidden. Tapuach shariskoi, an apple which somebody crushed, and this apple was a truma apple, and the son of the Isar, and he put this crushed apple into a dough which was chulin, 
The chimtza and it caused the dough to rise. Says the Mishnah Harizei Asura, this is forbidden even if the taste of the apple cannot be felt or detected or tasted in the dough. And the reason for this is something which we alluded to earlier on in the Masechta, and that is that since the truma is such a significant part of the dough now, it caused it to rise. Even if it's only a tiny bit of it, and even if its taste can't be detected, its effect was felt. It definitely did have a recognizable effect on the chulin dough, and therefore the chulin dough becomes like a maduma, it becomes like truma, and therefore a zar, a non kohen may not eat it. Alright, second case of the Mishnah. And this will teach us an important rule, which is very applicable with regards to taruvis in general, when something forbidden is mixed with something permitted, and that is the principle known as noisin tam lifgam. If something does give off a taste, so let's say something forbidden gives off a taste to something permitted, however that taste does not improve the permitted thing, rather it's detrimental. It gives it a bad taste. In that case, the permitted food remains permitted, even though it's got the taste of the forbidden thing. And the example of this which the Mishnah gives is If barley which is truma falls into a pit of water, and the water is chulin water, or it's not even chulin, it's just, it's certainly not truma, and it's certainly permitted for anybody to drink, even though its waters were made putrid, and a bit murky, the water is no longer clear, and it has a slight barley taste, nevertheless, mutorin, it is permitted because of the rule of nesim tam lifgam. Mishnah Gimel, we're going to see another important principle which applies to many Taruvas in this Mishnah, and that is a machlikas whether Reicha Milsahi or Reicha Lav Milsahi. And that means that if a smell or an aroma is absorbed by something, is that considered mixed in it? Is the aroma and the smell considered a substance? Or is it so insignificant, and since it does not affect its taste, so it's not considered mixed in with that thing? Says the Mishnah, one who takes dough out of an oven, he takes a hot piece of bread out of the oven, and this bread is chulin, and while it is hot, he places that bread on top of the mouth of a barrel of trimmer wine, so the barrel is open and the aroma, the smell of the wine, is rising and is being absorbed by this hot bread. The question is, does that hot bread, which is chulin, is that now considered trimmer, or it's got trimmer mixed in with it? So Rabbi Meir Oyser, Rabbi Meir forbids that bread for non-karnim, because according to him, Reicha Milsehi, the smell is considered a proper substance. It is significant, however, Rabbi Yehuda Mater, Rabbi Yehuda permits it because he holds that the smell, which is absorbed by the bread, is not considered a tangible thing, and as such, it does not forbid the chulin bread. Now Rabbi Yossi agrees with Rabbi Yehuda that Reich Lavnil Sahi, that the smell itself is not considered something tangible and therefore it does not forbid the Chulin. And because of that, Rabbi Yossi Matabashal Chitim, Rabbi Yossi permits a case where there is bread made out of wheat placed on the wine, that it remains permitted. However, Rabbi Yossi still forbids a case where there was bread which was made from barley and that was placed on top of the trimmer wine. According to Rabbi Yossi, in that case, the bread does become forbidden for non karnim but well, the reason for this is not because of the smell. The smell, according to Rabbi is not tangible. Rather, it's because the barley draws in the taste of the wine, not just the smell, but the taste. The moisture of the wine is actually absorbed into the barley bread. This is a special property of barley bread. And therefore, its actual taste, which is considered a tangible thing, it's the actual wine which is in that bread, 
And therefore, says Rabbi Yaisi, a czar, a non-Kayim, will not be able to eat that barley bread any longer. Mishnah Dalit, we're now going to see an application of the rule which Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Yaisi hold of, that Rechelav Milsahi, that the smell and the odor itself is not considered something tangible or substantial enough that it should forbid the chulin which absorbs it. So this mission does not go contrary mayer, it only goes according to the last two opinions. Tanushe Siko Bechamen Shal Truma, an oven which was fueled with cumin which is truma. So mixed in with the wood which would fire up the oven was some cumin, this type of spice. Vo'ofobai, and somebody baked bread in that oven, says the Mishnah Hapas Muteres, the bread remains permitted. And the reason for this is she'ain tam kamoin, because the bread has not absorbed any taste of the cumin, el oreach kamoin, it's only absorbed the odor and the smell of the cumin, and since this Mishnah is of the opinion that reichelav milsahi, that the odor alone is not considered substantial or a tangible thing, the bread remains permitted, and therefore a would be able to continue eating that bread.